Well, good morning. As we gather on this Thursday in the third week of Easter, yesterday in my enthusiasm in expanding on the scriptures, I, I made a mistake in naming Philip. And thankfully, one of our parishioners attentive to the scriptures said, Hey, Father, which Philip are you speaking of? So I thought it would be useful because we're in, we're in scripture. It's important to be accurate in scripture. And it's especially important to be accurate if you're talking about Acts, because Luke was very careful in fact-checking himself and getting the facts right. So a priest better, better be factually correct if he's speaking from, from Acts or, quite frankly, any of the scriptures. If we remind ourselves of the early, early account in Acts, we'll go back to the first chapter, if you'll indulge me for a moment. After Christ has been uh, crucified... Uh, he's not appeared to the apostles yet in the upper room, but we're told this by Acts. They went to the upper room where they were staying. This is after the afternoon of the crucifixion. Peter and John and James and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot, Judas, the son of James. Boy, that's confusing too, because there's two Judas, Judas Iscariot and Judas, the son of James. But the Philip that is named among the 12. He's one of the 12 apostles. He's the Philip I referenced yesterday, and that is an error because we also know this from the sixth chapter of Acts, same author, Luke. The 12 came together, and some of the people they were serving, this is now the after the resurrection, our Lord has appeared to them. It's weeks later, it's weeks later. But the 12 are gathered again because the 12 is who? Well, now it includes Matthias, who's been selected to replace Judas Iscariot. Matthias was selected to replace Judas Iscariot. And so they're called together to to identify some men who will serve the families in the distribution of the Holy Eucharist. The Holy Eucharist has been established. They're breaking bread together. They come together to celebrate their early form of Mass. And then that Eucharistic offering is taken into the homes of the believers, of of the people following the way. And who were they? Well, they were Stephen. We've been learning about him all week, first martyr. Stephen, Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas of Antioch. The long ancestry extension of that is Deacon Andy of of Coeur d'Alene, or Post Falls. Deacon Andy of Post Falls. He's the long extension of this continuation in our church, the deacons. This is the Philip of today. So thank you for our parishioner for their attentiveness to that, because I I should not be in error. And we heard that today. The angel of the Lord spoke to this Philip, Philip the deacon. And it's him who's told to go south on the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. And by the way, down from Jerusalem to Gaza mean he was heading west. Jerusalem's on a higher elevation, so he's heading west to what we know today to be the Gaza Strip. That's where he's going, towards the sea. So he got up and he set out in obedience and he encounters this Ethiopian court official of the Candace. Candace is the name of this, 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 the royalty, if you will, this this name of the Nubian queen, her title, the Candace. So they encounter one another and this man, this court official, this Ethiopian is reading scripture and he asks Philip a question about it and Uh, He asked Philip, I beg you, about whom is this prophet saying this? About himself or about someone else? So here's a man who's grown up not in the Christian faith, obviously, not even in the Jewish faith, 
but he's encountered this scripture. So the sharing of scripture at that point in time, early first century, was very common. Scripture meaning the Old Testament. That had been codified and written and translated into Greek, probably reading it in Greek, we can assume. But that had existed for centuries. And so it was common to encounter the Jewish scriptures, the Old Testament. New Testament hasn't been started to be written yet. That's what he's talking about. He's reading from the book of Isaiah. And Philip explains it to him. And then the man asks to be baptized. What's to prevent my being baptized? Of course, Deacon Philip says, well, nothing. Let's go. And he does, in fact, baptize him, which is the privilege of our deacons. They have the faculty of baptism. They have the faculty of marrying. They have the faculty of burying. We, we say in seminary, you're allowed to hatch, match, and dispatch. And so does Deacon Andy beautifully, as do all of our deacons. So that's the Philip that we're talking about. He is a man ordained in the ministry. He's exercising his faculty as deacon. He encounters this man who's inquiring about the faith, and he invites that man into the faith through the sacrament of baptism. That is just a beautiful telling, because baptism is necessary as the entry sacrament in our, in our Catholic faith to receive all of the sacraments, most especially the Eucharist. And that's where we are today then, where we have, again, we remain in chapter six of John's Gospel, the Bread of Life Discourse, and they're in this interrogative with our Lord about him being the bread of life. And today we hear that. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draw him, and I will raise him up on the last day. It is written in the prophets, and now our Lord is quoting Isaiah, like this Ethiopian eunuch is reading from Isaiah. Our Lord is now quoting Isaiah, the 54th chapter. They shall all be taught by God. They shall all be taught by God. And beautifully so, what does it actually say back in the 54th chapter of Isaiah, reading that the quotation that our Lord is referencing is, all of your children shall be taught by God, great shall be the peace of your children. There's a lot of depth in that. We, we come to the Lord through a childlike belief, a child's heart, doesn't mean to be child in chronological age, it means child in heart, child in spirit, and that there'll be peace in your children, if you raise your children in the faith, you'll have a lot more peace in your household than if it's just chaotic and worldly. A lot of depth in there. But our Lord is telling us something that we can just pause with and should pause with and sit with that. Let that swim around in our head for a little bit. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draw him. Think about that. That's not of our own merit. There's nothing we did to... Uh, explain why the Lord would call us. There's no merit that we earn. There's no goodness in us of our own nature that would uh, generate the Father calling us. It's his own love. It's his manifest love for all of humanity that he call us, and then we have the, the opportunity to respond. But no one, no one comes to the Father unless the Father call him. I had a beautiful discussion with a man recently who he was asking a lot of questions about the faith, and he wondered why that was. And I, I know why it is, because the Lord's stirring in that man's life. But he didn't know why it was. It was just happening, and he was, he was puzzled by why he, why he showed up at Mass, doesn't know anything about the Catholic faith, why he's drawn into this community, why he made arrangements with Colleen so he and I could visit. It, it's just beautiful. I know what's going on. The Lord's stirred in that man's life. Hopefully, I'm 
serve him well. Hopefully, whatever words I say are useful in advancing his faith. Amen, amen, our Lord says. Amen, amen, I say to you, whoever believes this has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Baptism is necessary so that a person can advance in their understanding of the faith and receive First Communion, the bread of life, this eternal life. That's why baptism matters. It opens us up as Catholics to the greatest privilege, which is to receive the real presence of our Lord in the sacraments. These young kiddos here I was mentioning in the, as we began Mass, this is the photo of these young ones. This warms Maddie's heart because she's been very busy with our young ones, getting them ready for May 2nd when they'll celebrate First Communion right here. And I'm just, I'm just tearful about this photo. There they are with their little church hands, and they're all excited and happy. They're being raised in the faith. They're being raised in the knowledge and truth of Christ. This church was destroyed six years ago, and they've somehow rebuilt it. People generally poor rebuilt this church. This photo could have been taken anywhere in Coeur d'Alene Post Falls, but it's taken in a war-torn region that's been devastated by tragedy for a decade now or longer, well, long history of tragedy, but certainly in the last decade, devastated with outright civil war, and yet these young ones are standing there just beautiful in their faith. Having initially been baptized, they are now receiving our Lord in the Blessed Sacrament. And they will go forth in life, and they will carry the truth of Christ within them, and they will carry the church. If we have doubts in our life, which are, we all do, they're common to us, we have doubts, struggles, questions, just remind ourselves, the Lord is at work, the Lord is stirring, and he's producing moments like this on a dramatic scale, and he's producing moments perhaps less dramatic in, at large, but dramatic for the individual who come in this back door, meet you all, see the joy and hope that's expressed in this beautiful community, and, and are stirred like the Ethiopian. Tell me more about this. Something's happening that I think I need to know more about. That's our privilege and that's our mission. God bless you in carrying out that mission.